Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to uh, a brand new episode of Furman Sports Weekly. I am your host, Dan Scott, the voice of Furman Paladin Athletics. Very happy to be back with you after an extended break over the uh, Christmas and New Year's holidays, and uh, campus is back and buzzing again, and we are ready to uh, start getting back into these weekly interviews, this podcast that we are bringing to you to give you a little bit more of a look on the inside of what's going on at Furman University. Uh, our guest today is uh, Brett Harker, the baseball coach at Furman. I actually did this interview uh, last week on Friday, just in interest of full disclosure. I'm recording this on Monday, the 27th of January. The release date, I think, is Tuesday, the 28th. So you got to go back to the 24th. That's when we did this interview that Friday. It's the opening day of Furman baseball practice, an opening day for Division I teams all across the country. And we, uh, of course, had rain that day. But they did have a beautiful weekend to get some scrimmage work done. Uh, But this is prior to all that, and this is Brett talking about uh, getting ready for the weekend, uh, getting ready for the upcoming season, the schedule, and, and so many other things we'll get to in just a moment. I always remind you, though, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, uh, your questions, comments, even criticisms. You can send them to me via email at dan.scott at furman.edu, dan.scott at furman.edu. All right, let's get right into this. Uh, this will pick up right at the beginning of the conversation I had with Brett Harker. This, again, is back on Friday, January the 24th, and uh, here's what it sounded like. Just uh, just a, another typical day in Furman baseball. Absolutely. We picked up right where we left <laughs> off here. It's the, uh, you know, it's the NCAA Division I uh, first day of practice. Right. And... What does that mean? That means I start using my weather app every 12 hours. And uh, originally, about 10 days ago, you know, you can see 10 days out, this was all supposed to come on Saturday. Well, uh, any college baseball coach will tell you Saturday, Sunday are the most important days of practice. So when it got uh, moved up to Friday, as much as I love to be on the field today and, and getting in some stuff, I'm very thankful that we're going to have a beautiful weekend. Well, days like today is, is why you're thankful those donors stepped up and built you that indoor facility, right? We – uh. It, it is unbelievable how much that comes into play uh, just every single day. You know, we, as many of you know, because of the Mallard Creek series, um, I am neighbors <laughs> with Todd Interdonato, who's the head baseball coach at Wofford. He lives about four houses down from me. And he said every time it rains and they have to drive across Spartanburg and go to a to a uh, indoor facility that's just, you know, where kids can rent it and stuff like that. Right. He says he, he curses my name knowing that I my it's, you know, 60 feet from my office. We're just so blessed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of times you start forgetting that because the building's been around for a little bit now, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's about eight years old, eight, nine years old. And you start forgetting about how far this program's come and how much of a game changer um, something like that is for our program. Well, just kind of recap uh, a bit, if you will, the uh, the fall and, and and where this this roster was coming out of the fall. Who will be position leaders coming into these three weeks before the team? Where, where was this team after fall practice was done? Yeah, so one of the main things that was concerning coming out of the fall, there, we had some injuries that um, we didn't think were going to be a problem when the season came. 
Um, it just made us very limited in what we could do, even just in practice. It got to yeah. the point where just flat out inner squad was getting difficult. You know, everyone always says, you know, 35 guys on a Division One team, that's just crazy amount of guys. It's really not when you have to um, play against each other for so much of your, your prep for the season. And then, you know, basically on every team, half the team is pitchers, half the team is position players. Well, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for margin, right. margin of error if there's any injuries to position players. And we had a couple guys banged up, but, man, we are looking really, really healthy right now. Um, Trent Alley had some, had some surgery on his feet over the break. He looks really healthy. He's going to be back strong. Um, Dax Roper is catching bullpens again. Um, he's at full health. Our, our pitching staff is that, you know, is very very healthy. Um, and besides, uh, Eli Weiser had some had some thumb problems, and and he is a freshman. That's a, a utility guy that can play a lot of different positions. Uh, but even he he's looking to be back in the first couple weeks of the season. So all in all, we are a whole lot healthier than we were uh, at the end of the fall. Uh, in particular with some of our big bats. When we played those inter-squad scrimmages, or those, not inter-squad, when we played those outside scrimmages, we were missing the middle of our order. Um, so it's nice to have those guys back and hitting in the cages. And what that does now is just make my job that much harder. It's, ha it's all that competition that we're having at each position, um, which is going to make things fun here on this weekend. But, but you want it to be harder. That's the way it's meant to be, yeah. It, it should be extreme competition and we should be pushing each other daily. You know, the second you get complacent in that spot, our, our team's not very good. And I, we talk about that all the time. If, you're, if your name's not on that roster on February 14th, that's fine. Keep pushing. You know, your job is to either push that guy to make sure that we stay the best team and push that guy in front of you. And then if something happens, man, you're right there to slide into where we don't miss a beat. Yeah, and, and, and that can happen in a season. It can happen over the course of of a career like we saw last year with John Michael Boswell, who was just a, a, a bit player, maybe not even a role player for three years, just a bit player. And, and then suddenly he's your starting first baseman and has a fantastic senior season. Yeah. It's amazing how that happens. And, and you can sit there and preach it all day long, but until players see something like that happens yeah. happening, uh, it, it's hard to, to express the importance of being ready uh, for your time that to shine and, and, Make sure that that team, that, that it's just a blip in the road and not a catastrophe for a team because you're ready. Baseball practice along the Division One level scheduled to open today all across the country here at Furman. It'll be done indoors. We're talking with Brett Harker. Three weeks from today, the baseball season opens on Valentine's Day, and the Paladins will be hosting LaSalle in a three-game series. And uh, we are uh, trying to get caught up on everything with this baseball program uh, at least as much as we can here today. So I know um, that when you took over this team that you, you were planning on building pitching depth, and, and that's your thing, pitching defense and, and, and build this program that way. Um, I get the sense that you feel like potentially, and you never know how it's going to play out, but potentially this could be the deepest pitching staff that, that you've had and, and maybe Furman's ever had. Yeah, we think we're very, very talented on the mound. And I'm extremely proud of the job that Coach Harbin, Coach Davis have done on the road with recruiting. We think that we, you know, we think that uh, the product that we're putting on the field this year, that doesn't just happen overnight. You got to build to get this product. Uh, but that's half the battle, you know, getting these kids on campus, getting that talent on campus. That's half the battle. Where we think that we're winning right now is 
by beating everybody and keeping our numbers down and recruiting, we think that we've really been able to develop this talent. So we think that we have an extremely talented freshman class. We think that our sophomore, juniors, and seniors have continued to develop more and more throughout the years. Just being able to simply spend more time with us and get more reps in than you would if you had 55, 60 guys in camp. Right. It's just a mathematical thing that these guys are getting more time uh, with the coaching staff and time to develop and more reps. And, uh, and now you start rolling into the phase of – more dealing with the ups and downs of the season. And you can't simulate that. You just can't. I mean, they can have ups and downs of the fall, but when the lights turn on, there's a different jersey in that other, uh, that other dugout, you know, umpires, fans, all that's going to put different stress on these, especially the young guys and old guys too. We talk about all the time. Just because you're an older guy doesn't mean you're, gonna, you're not going to have ups right. and downs and mental struggles. But now we start phasing into a different <coughs> part of our, of our coaching uh, endeavor, and that's – balancing their emotions and we know the talents there so now it's optimizing our talent to help us win more games are you happy with your non-conference schedule do you think it's going to give you a chance to build what you want to build heading into the conference season i do you know it's obviously a different looking schedule than my first three years here you don't have the the real big power five uh you know we've had some some pretty uh intense uh, non-conference schedules going on the road. Um, but the talent that we're playing is still there. I mean, we just happen to be playing them for the most part at home. You got College of Charleston for three at home. You got Campbell, who has been one of the best mid-majors in the country at home. Mm -hmm. Fordham was in a regional last year. Um, we just happen to be having these teams at home, which I think gives us an advantage. You know, you're always more comfortable at home, and you feel like your pitchers know how to pitch to the ballparks. Your outfielders know the dimensions better. Um, so I think that it's still a very, very challenging. Obviously, the Sal coming in here, they have a great head coach. I actually saw their recruiting. That's like two or three years in a row where they brought in one of the top-ranked classes uh, mid-major in the country. Um, Clemson alumni, the head coach there. Um, but w what I'm getting at is I think it's a different type of schedule, but it's still preparing us for when Mercer and Sanford and, and uh, you know, these top-level teams in our conference, it's not going to be a, a shock. That's the whole thing. You're yeah. always trying to prepare your guys, um, but maybe do a little better job of putting ourselves in a position to have more success. Uh, the, the one glaring omission from what we've become accustomed to on the schedule <laughs> is the lack of participation in the first pitch classic. And, and because of that, if I'm counting right, only two games at Floor Field in the regular season this year. Uh, so of your 35 home games, 33 of them will be at Latham. Yeah, that's correct. And that was that was uh, for no particular reason. It was a scheduling mix-up in, in which the tournament was scheduled on a different weekend than it has been for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and when I pointed that out, everyone said, whoops. And I said, well, I already have something scheduled that weekend that you guys, you know, had scheduled it. So it just ended up not working out this year. We are on the books to have that tournament again, hosting it with Michigan State for the next uh, at least three years. So it'll be a great tournament. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I'm okay with it. We, we play there a ton, and I love playing there, but having another series at home isn't hurting my feelings. Yeah, I mean, thir 33 games at Latham Stadium is going to be the most that I can ever remember at that ballpark. It is. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely the most since I've been here. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to really focus on protecting, protecting our home, you know, defending Latham. And that's going to be a, a big point of emphasis at, for us this year. You know, I – I always talk to our guys, and, and I look back at 
how far the basketball team has come in just my six years here. And I remember, you know, the, the Furman's always put out a good product. But all of a sudden, we started winning at home, winning at home more. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a big emphasis. And all of a sudden, you start, then the challenge becomes, okay, be that competitive on the road. Before you know it, you have a top 25 team. And, you know, our step is to, we got this many home games. Let's defend the home turf. Let's, let's be excellent at home and then carry on that momentum onto the road. Visiting with Brett Harker, talking about the uh, 2020 baseball season, which practice begins today, uh, and for Division I teams, and the uh, season begins on February the 14th. Um, I don't think it's it's fair to say that the 2017 team uh, wasn't, quote-unquote, your team because you had a hand in recruiting some of those guys. But you're, you're getting this roster now here in your fourth season where this is pretty much your team. This is your staff that's recruited these guys. Um, are, has it shaped up from year one to year four like you thought it was going to? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just an emphasis on pitching and defense. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's where my heart is. That's right. where – that's where our emphasis is, and that's where we just, you know, we think that we can win. It's very strategic, you know. We think that in an offensive league, uh, we think that if we can have a niche for pitching and defense, that that would set us apart. Um, it's just like everything. I think in recruiting, if if you have the same game plan that everybody else has, what sets you apart? Right. You know? Well, our university has done a great job. President Davis has done a great job of creating things that set firm and apart. Our job is to run with that and then create things within our program that set us apart that can give us an advantage. Everybody's looking for their niche and their advantage. And, you know, we obviously think that uh, with having two pitching coaches on a coaching staff, double what most places have, and then that guy named Leo Mazzoni hanging around. He was there on Tuesday hanging out with <laughs> us. Uh, we think that we have, a, we have a lot that can offer to pitchers in, in a world that's so, um, you know, caught up in – seeing how hard we can crow hop and throw a baseball into a net that has nothing to do with throwing downhill at 60 feet, six inches and getting hitters out. We think that we're bringing a little bit of sanity back to, to what happens on the, on the mound. And, and hopefully all that equates to a well-rounded pitching staff that has both a very high ceiling, but a lot of pitchability. What, what kind of internal battles do you have with Taylor? Because Taylor's obviously an offensive guy. He 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 likes to score runs. He likes to let it rip. Uh, and I'm asking this obviously in jest, but do you go head to head about? Hey, we need to recruit this pitcher. We no no no. We need to go get this hitter. Yeah. So I, I will tell you what I love about Coach Harbin. Coach Harbin tells me all the time, let's recruit, uh, let's get our pitchers in, let's recruit defenders that can field the ball. I'll teach them how to hit. And that confidence, I absolutely love. It's, it's one of the things I think is his strong point. He is so confident in his ability to teach guys to barrel up baseballs. And that kind of confidence is contagious. You know, if, if that's the mindset and uh, the work ethic that he has, that's going to roll over onto the offensive side. Um, you know, I talk to, I've talked to many big league scouts about this and everything. Hitting is so – it's – it's so hit or miss. You know, you can have such a good hitter and, and, and barreling up that ball consistently. You can even do that consistently, and the numbers don't show for it. So it's keeping a level head, keeping things simple. The same way that we keep things simple on the, on the pitching side of the ball, I think that Coach Harbin and Coach Cox do an excellent job of keeping it simple on the offensive side of it. And most of everything, working on our approach here making sure that we're not getting too high or too low, making sure we're not just swinging for the fences. I mean, we're playing a small ballpark, but the second you start swinging for it, you're in trouble. Um, 
So, no, I, I think he, he realizes where our strength is, and, and he is just confident enough that he says, you bring in a guy, I'll teach him how to hit, and I love that about him. Uh, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that one of the <laughs> emphasis emphases this uh, offseason has been cutting down on the strikeouts. Of course, uh, we, yeah. we, we had uh, – uh, you know, I, I hate the strikeout. Way too many strikeouts last year. Two guys passed the school record for strikeouts. And if you're a pitcher, that's fine. If you're a hitter, not so much. Um, and, and does playing in a small ballpark come into play with that sometimes? It does. And, Dan, I'm going to be honest with you. It's us making adjustments quicker. So college baseball game has changed. I mean, the scouting reports um, – Actually, the SOCOM will, will is now a, adopted this year, especially with our center field cam. That was a big thing that we're getting yeah, we're installed talk right about now. That. Um, but the synergy system, and it's a system that you would be shocked to know that this is going on in college baseball. I mean, it's just like what the major leaguers have where I can say, all right, the three-hole hitter for Western Carolina, what does he do against left-handed pitchers? He throw change-ups in a 2-2 count, and I click one button, it's going to show every time – he has ever faced a left-handed pitcher in a 2-2 count throwing a changeup. It's going to show me a clip of it. The, the data that's out there um, is incredible for this level. And, you know, it's, it's understanding that people know your weaknesses and figuring out how to counter counterattack that. And, you know, I, I think strikeouts come in a hurry when, when all of a sudden – you lose your identity. So Harbin tells them all the time, don't lose your approach. If, if you know, you have a fastball in this location, then stay on it. Don't all of a sudden start guessing, and now you miss your pitch mm-hmm. that, that you can't miss. The, you know, I thought everyone wants to talk about the strikeout or the last pitch that, of that series, but it's typically, if you ask me, we just fouled too many balls off last year early in the count. You're fouling them straight back. We got guys running all over the ballpark trying to get these foul balls <laughs> when those balls should be hammered. Mm-hmm. And and everyone wants to talk about the end of the at-bat because that's where the, the action happens in the scorebook, whether it's a, a double or a strikeout. But really, it should happen when you get that pitch early in the count and you don't miss it. Right. Looking for that fastball that you can hit. Exactly. Uh, right, or right the hang, the hanger's not yeah, bad to no, send no. fly into. No, yeah. it's not. You didn't hang many. In your no, day, I you? tried not to. When I did, I didn't get them back. I can tell you that. <laughs> Is there a danger with all of the technology and all the data that's out there now? Is there a danger at this level in relying on it too much? 1,000%. There's not a danger. It's the biggest danger in baseball right now. So, See, I, th- it, I think it is at the major league level it's, as well. It's out of control. So we have, you know, for the most part, people have taken out the, uh, the emotion, the strategy, the competitiveness of how to win baseball games and replaced it with a laptop. And it's just ridiculous. I will tell you, without without any shame, without you can tweet it, I don't care. Furman Baseball uses technology to help prove what we are coaching, not to coach for us. We use Rapsodo to help teach the things that me and Coach Davis implement. We use our video to help just reinforce what we are teaching. It is not the coach. And if you want that, this is not the place for you because we're going to teach you how to compete. We're going to teach you how to be a baseball player not uh, how to use you know the latest technology. We're visiting with Brett Harker on the eve of uh, baseball practice opening today and all across the uh, Division One landscape. Um, any coincidence that uh, on this, the same year that the Houston Astros get nailed for uh, their <laughs> video technology that we're installing a center field camera for the first time? Yeah, we, we do not have uh, arm <laughs> buzzers. We don't have arm buzzers in the 1,076 budget, though, so we, we should be all right. Uh, that, uh, people may think that's a small thing, 
but that's going to enhance the quality of of our uh, of our TV broadcast, internet broadcast. So, as and, and we were the only one in the league that didn't have yeah. it, right? So, as far as as far as I know, yeah. Um, you know, I was sitting there trying to think about with all the upgrades that we've had, especially over the last you know four years. Obviously, you know, in the last eight years, the facility you just can't beat the facility mm-hmm. and what it does on a day to day basis. Um, you know, the 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 new bullpen. Uh, versus the old bullpen where we had the the elevated mounds because of the slope of the field. It was really messing with our pitchers five or six years ago. That was a really big upgrade for us when we got that new home bullpen. Besides that, Dan, I don't know of any upgrade that we've done in the last six years that will impact uh, both our fans, our parents, and our student-athletes as much as the center field camera. It's an absolute game-changer what it'll be able to do uh, for viewing the game live. But, Dan, to be able to go back and, and show our pitchers, hey, you know, you thought this was a quality pitch. Well, let me show you where it actually was. All right, let's see the depth of, of that breaking ball. Um, you know, even in practice, we, we can run that sucker in an inner squad and be able to, to see how our catcher's receiving the ball. It gives a perspective that uh, I make sure I get during practice. I, that's Most of the time I'm either umpiring behind the pitcher because it's the best spot to be able to talk with pitchers, or if we have real umpires there, I'm usually standing behind second base. But it's a view that I don't have in game. And Mm -hmm. you see a completely different game from a side angle than even you do up in the press box. And it's very hard. You know, oftentimes (laughs) I'll yell at an umpire about up and down, but honestly I can't see in and out. I just got to rely on my catcher. But you yell anyway. I yell anyway, of course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but this this will allow us to review a lot of things and, and be a huge impact. Um, and I'm just really happy about the way it'll uh, grow the brand. I think it'll be a, so much better of a viewing experience. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll continue to upgrade it and get some side cameras and, and eventually be able to morph into, you know, being able to have ESPN3 games and stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, all part of the – all part of the plan, uh, but uh, this this was the first big step, and it sounds like a little thing maybe the people who watch it, but we've been doing it from a single camera shot behind the plate and and following the action with with the one camera. So this is going to give you that traditional shot that you've come to to see on television now. Uh, just uh, as you're looking at it, I guess just uh, slightly, slightly off to, to the, the right. right of the pitcher, and very high. It's 25, uh, actually 27 feet up in the air. So that'll give you a good vantage point. You know, people don't realize that an average major league game is set over 50 feet high. Um, so the higher you get, it actually gives you a better vantage point where you're not getting blocked off by a pitcher's follow-through or a guy taking a lead off second base. And we're able to get it installed high enough to where we think it's going to be a pretty good view. Good, 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 good. Um, so let's, let's, talk about, um, let, let's talk about freshmen quickly who, who impressed in the fall. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of them. It's a talented it's a talented group. Uh, Stone Simmons' name jumps out. Uh, he's a big right-handed pitcher from Texas. Who who uh, he actually got sick over the fall. He had a really strong start. Got sick. Had some mono, which you can't mess around with. And mm-hmm. and has come back. Uh, he's just he's your prototypical big old right-handed pitcher from Texas with the big breaking ball. We think he's we think he's tough as nails and be able to get a lot of outs for us. Uh, Matthew Marshall, uh, he was actually one of our latest ads onto the team. He's a local Greenville kid that I've known. Heck, before I was a college coach, I used to do lessons with him over in downtown Greenville when he was 13 years old. Uh, it's funny how all this works out, but he's got an absolute electric arm. Uh, he's from St. Joe's High School here in Greenville. He's got an electric arm and had a had a really dominant uh, fall for us and has picked up right where he left off. We're excited about that. Uh, Dylan Matella, we think, is a thoroughbred horse, man. He's from Georgia. 
Um, big old right-handed pitcher with plus stuff. Um, he's just got that draft-style body. He's just a big, um, strong kid that we think is going to log a lot of innings for us. Um, you notice I'm naming all my pitchers. Y- yes, 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 yes. Dominic Pianto, I think you're going to really like him. He's got a little bit of wild man to him. Uh, lanky, uh, skinny kid, but an absolute electric arm with plus off-speed stuff will be a really good back-end type of guy. Uh, I don't know if you you know, you know didn't hear much about this guy last year because he had uh, Tommy John and never threw a, a ball here at Furman. But Anthony Sa- uh, Sasso from New Jersey, yeah. he is fully back. Um, he is technically a freshman, even though he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, he'll be a back-end guy that he's a mean dude, man. And I say mean <laughs> guys get you out. When he's, he's the nicest guy on planet Earth, but when he steps on, the, steps on the rubber, he turns a little bit crazy in a good way. And we're really, really excited about him. That, that, that class is very, very deep in arms. Um, and then another standout freshman, uh, Aiden Healy, um, you know, is competing for that starting shortstop role. He's a very high-ceiling kid. Um, can run. He's got the arms. Got the range. Um, you know, he's just got to get those reps. He's got to. He's got to be with Coach Harbin day in and day out. Um, and he's definitely going to compete for a for a starting role. Yeah. Uh, which is which is not easy to say for a freshman at shortstop, but but the kid's very very talented. A couple of JUCO guys as well. Yeah. So Joey Tepper. Um, he was a, he's from Spartanburg Methodist, great middle infield guy, gives us a lot of depth there, also competing for that starting role at shortstop and second base, obviously with Banks. And then Blake Brady, another Greenville kid that I've known for a long time, uh, originally went to Liberty when they had that coaching change. Things just didn't work out there. Went to JUCO. And, man, has he just fit right into our, right into our family. And, and he's got some serious juice, man. He's a middle-of-the-lineup type bat. Uh, he's from jail, man, and he's he's done a great job for us in left field. What uh, does the weekend rotation look like as you head into camp? So that's what's really really exciting. I mean, we feel obviously we feel very good about Bertrand. Right. I mean, he he's a guy that you know I don't care what level I'm pitching, and when somebody has that work ethic and that focus. Uh, you hand him the ball, and you can you can live with anything that happens. He's just that guy. Um, Rob Hughes has, has really stepped up. I think he's going to fit really nicely. As most of you know, he was one of the best pitchers in all of college baseball to start off that first half of the year last year out of the pen. And now it's taking that intensity, taking that um, ability, and putting it into the starting role. And I think he's really, really um, grabbed onto that and taken pride of that. And we, we see him being on the weekend. And then that's where it gets fun. After this, you got five or six guys, Dan, and honestly, the only reason those two guys are getting the nod is just from an experience standpoint. You got a, a group of six to eight guys that when it just strictly comes to talent, uh, it's all pretty stinking close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matthew Lazaro has continued to get better. Um, some of those freshmen that I named earlier, you know, I think Matthew Marshall, Stone Simmons, Dylan Matella are all in the mix. We have, a, we have a lot of guys that are pushing for that spot. Uh, Mason Kenny. I mean, Mason Kenny had a no-hitter in the seventh inning of the last game we played last year. I mean, his stuff, he's got a fastball and a breaking ball that, honestly, Dan, I, you know, you can't teach it. For some reason, when it gets halfway there, it takes off. For some reason, the breaking ball breaks a whole lot more than it should. Um, and when you start mixing in these names and realizing, man, even if they don't start, you're talking about being able to bridge it to some of those explosive backing guys. 
well, obviously that's when you get excited as a pitcher guy and say, man, we got a chance to win some ball games. And what that's going to do, in theory anyway, is mean that you're going to have more talented starters on the midweek and more to choose from. And on the weeks that we have games on Tuesday and Wednesday, you get to the Wednesday game, you're not going to be looking around for a fresh arm or you're not going to have yeah. to necessarily go Johnny Holstaff. You, you, it sounds to me like you're going to have enough depth yeah. to weather that if you play five games a week. And, and, you know, what's also huge is, you know, a guy comes up with some tendonitis in his elbow or something. It's not a huge drop-off. We're yeah. going to be able to weather those storms. And, and uh, no, w- we are very excited. You know, typically you look at – keep in mind, though, it's two weeks or it's 21 days to sure. opening day. A lot's going to change. But typically you look at your schedule – and you see your, your weeks, especially, you know, we open up this year with three against LaSalle and then Upstate and Clemson. Bam, you got five games to start off with, and you're sitting there going, man, that's a lot of innings to fill when your starters aren't built up to being able to throw six or seven innings. And, you know, as we're sitting here today, I'm sitting there going, perfect. I get to get more of these guys in the game mm-hmm. and experience. Uh, and when have I ever been able to say that? You know, so I'm sitting there looking forward to our five-game weeks, which tells you we're going in the right direction with our pitching staff. All right, sounds good. Um, indoors today, and if uh, everything goes well, outdoors yeah, tomorrow on Sunday. We're planning on going one o'clock on on Saturday, one o'clock on Sunday. And uh, for those of you out there listening, we're getting out our thousand seventy six letter uh, club letters this week or next week. It's Friday right now. Yeah. Next week, we're really looking forward to to the lot to you know to sending those out. You guys know how big of a, a deal that that club is to our program, and uh, we're looking forward to having you guys support. Uh, are any of the practices or scrimmages going to be open to the public? They all are. Yeah. Oh, yeah so we, yeah, we always practice. Uh, we always scrimmage on Saturday and Sunday. Once our pitchers start building up to to more innings, we typically have to spill over to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and for the most part, Tuesday through Thursday is more instructional practices. But they're always open, and they'll be at one o'clock on Friday on Saturdays and Sundays, and four o'clock on Friday. All right. So there you go. That was our conversation with Brett Harker. And that has been your brand new edition of Furman Sports Weekly. If everything goes according to plan, next week's edition will be with softball coach Wally King. Uh, I am going to be out for uh, at least a week, maybe 10 days or so, with surgery coming up that's scheduled for February the 4th. We're going to try to get some Furman Sports Weekly stuff done ahead of time so we won't miss anything moving forward. We'll keep you updated on that, have an update for you, in fact, on Friday. Uh, Once again, just a reminder, if you have any questions, comments, or criticisms, we'd love to hear from you, dan.scott at furman.edu, dan.scott at furman.edu. As always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for continuing to support Furman University Athletics. Share this podcast and help us grow our listenership. Until next time, for all of us at Furman, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you so long, everybody, and go Dens.